Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hope everybody had an awesome week and a, a great extended weekend. Hey, if you're new or newer, or maybe you've been coming for a little while, but you're one of those that like, you sneak out right away, we're doing a meet and greet dinner. So it's October 5. We're going to do a meet and greet dinner, and I would just like to invite you to that. And what we're going to do is we're going to be here. It's a Saturday, and Beck and I are just going to kind of just give our heart for what really God's laid on us for the church, and we're going to eat some food together and answer questions, and you'll get to meet some of the people that kind of make things happen here at Life West and, and get to know some people. So I'd like to invite you to that, and you can go on the website and say, hey, I'll be there. That would help because uh, we want to make sure we have enough food. And if everybody comes, that's great. It's just a big party with lots of food. But we want to make sure we've got enough food because I hate going places and not having enough food. If you could help us out with that, that would be great. Just let us know that you're going to be there. Well, today we're talking about being plugged in. And if, if something's not plugged in, it, 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 just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't matter if it's a TV. If it's not plugged in, it, it doesn't work. I was going to say your car, but that's kind of like self-contained, so just like throw that one out. But lamps, those don't work. Lights, they need to be plugged in. And here's the thing. We're the same. When we're plugged in, and I'll add some context to that in a minute, but when we're plugged in, we can do so much more. And I read something really interesting when it comes to draft horses. Now, I'm, I'm, really, I'm not a horse person, but I've ridden horses. And one particular time, and when I, when I think of draft horses, I remember uh, in college, Brian, who's running around here somewhere, he and I were college roommates together. And one day, we decided to go horseback riding. I have no idea why, but we did. So we go to this place, and we pay to just ride some horses. And of course, you get on a horse, because you were horseback riding, but Brian, they put on a Clydesdale. And I'm like, really, what is this? And he's a horse person, and I'm not. So he's taking his giant, these things are huge. So he's taking this big old horse and ramming it into mine. And like, hey, come on. And I'm like, what are you doing? What's, what's happening? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But Clydesdales are crazy. They're huge. And my horse was not as happy as his horse, or maybe it was him and my horse knew. And somehow, honestly, he spooks my horse. And this thing just takes off, just running through this, and I'm like, oh my, ah, it's got a saddle, but I'm like, I know what you do, you pull. So I like get my hands in these reins, and I pull, and my horse goes faster, and I'm like, what is going on? So I like bolt, and I yank as hard as I can on this thing, and the horse just goes faster and turns into the trees. I'm like, what in the world? And he goes to try to like decapitate me or something, because there's a branch, and this horse runs right underneath it, so finally, I have to let go and lay back so I don't, like, go. And then the horse stops. And I'm like, Brian! And he's on this big old Clydesdale laughing and laughing and laughing. Later, I found out that the horse I was on was a retired racehorse. And apparently, maybe some horse people know this, but when you pull the reins of a racehorse, they go faster. So apparently I just didn't know how to ride a horse at all. And I'm like, I thought I knew how to do this. But Brian was on this Clydesdale. So let's go back to the Clydesdale thing. So Clydesdales are these big, huge, huge horses. And, and they team them up and they use them to pull sleds. And maybe you've seen some of the old logging pictures where they've got this wooden trailer 
pile, like 20 feet high with logs and a couple of horses in front of it. And you're like, I don't know that that works. It does because they're crazy strong. But this is what they said. They said that if one Clydesdale can pull 8,000 pounds and you have two of these Clydesdales that can each pull 8,000 pounds, you're like, put them together because then they'll do not 16,000 pounds, but this is the crazy part. He goes, they'll pull 24,000 pounds. And it's not just that they work, they each don't pull their own weight, but together they can do more. You're not a horse and I'm not saying you are, but we're the same way. Together we can do more. When we plug in to the body of Christ, we can do more. And we're talking today specifically about relationships because together we can do more, we can accomplish more, and we have more fun when we're together. I, I, I can be alone. Like, I'm, not, I'm not quite a loner because I want my family. Like, you give me my family in a mountain, I'm good. Like, I, I, I would be just fine. Becca, she's a little bit different. She, she likes more of the people. I like people, don't get me wrong. Like, like I like you, you're, you're great. But I'm a bit more of a loner. Um, and and I, I don't mind being by myself. I uh, took a scouting trip one time. I was out in Montana and checking out some mountains and stuff. And I was out there for about five days without seeing another person. I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, this is just great. I'm all by myself. Who, who are lo- my loners? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. People, people, raise your hand. You're like, I can't live without another person next to me right now. I need to talk to them. You're talking right now? Yes. Okay. But here's the thing. We are better together. We really are. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And I like the way the NLT says it. It says it this way. Two people are better than one for one can help the other. For they can help each other succeed. I like that. They can help each other succeed. Who, who doesn't want someone to help them succeed? You're like, Really? You're like, yeah, sign me up. Like, someone to help me succeed, I'll take two, please, maybe three. Um, can I have four? Like, yeah, ab- absolutely. I would love to have people who can help. And here's the thing. We need relationships. We need to be plugged in to relationships. And when I say relationships and friendships, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about actual friendships. I'm not talking about Facebook. I'm not talking about social media it's really one of those things where, like, if it's in the name, it's not true. Like, the great China buffet probably isn't that great. <laughs> like, it's, in, it's not. And social media, it's, it's not social. It's the opposite of social. It, it, it really is. That rule, it, it works on that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about real relationships with people who know you and who you are open and honest with and who, in turn, are open and honest with you that you're not fake around them, it's not work. You know, you know anybody that's work to be around, don't look at them if they're next to you, but just raise your hand, like, yeah, it's work to be around some, some people, okay. People are like, I'm just not raising my hand, someone's gonna assume it's them. Okay, that's all right, that's all right. There's some people, yeah, it is work. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about a relationship with people who build us up and help us to be everything that God created us to be and do. So I wanna talk about a couple of things that really jump out that we're so much better together when we plug in to relationships. And the first thing that we need in relationships is encouragement. 
1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Encourage each other. Encouragement is amazing. I read a survey, and they said, they surveyed 1,200 people. So 70% of them said they would rather be told that they're making a difference, to be encouraged, than to get a pay raise. 88% of them said, encourage me, and I don't need any money. They're like, I'm, I'm good. Encouragement is extremely powerful. And it, the thing is, is it's so easy to give, but it makes such a difference in people's lives that I think we underestimate because it's so easy. We underestimate the impact that it can have on somebody's life. It doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. If we just simply say, hey, in fact, let's just do it. Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, I believe in you and you look good. All right, turn to the other person and say, I believe in you too, the one that you, like, you, you missed. You weren't so sure. Well, I just made you say it. Okay, but we smile. When we say it, it's easy to say. And when someone says that to us, we sit up a little straight and we're like, yeah, that's right. I can do this. It, it makes a difference. Weightlifting, you get somebody who's spotting you. And, and the spotter that says nothing is just there because they're there. But the one that encourages, like, you got this one more rep, you can do it. Weightlifters find themselves doing more because somebody's there to encourage them. And we can do more when somebody's there, especially spiritually. When somebody says, no, you can do this, or I've been there, it's okay. You can get through this. We need encouragement in our lives. Somebody who will say these things to us, who can help build us up, to encourage us to do things that we wouldn't have normally do. People to challenge us. We need people to challenge us. You ever heard the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like, you need to go somewhere else. Get, get challenged. We need that in our lives. I read something that I think really, really connects this for me, which was the history of the four-minute mile. You know, in the early 1900s, it was said that humanly, it was impossible for someone to run a mile in under four minutes. They said, it's not going to happen. But then in 1945, like, we got as close as we could without basically doing it. A guy ran the mile, and it was recorded in four minutes and one second. And they're like, that's it? It's not going to happen. So all early 1900s, people are trying to break it. People are saying it can be done. People are saying it can't. They're like, no, it's not happening. But then, in 1954, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, and he ran a mile in three minutes and 59 seconds. So finally, it had been done. The next month, somebody runs even faster than him. Because that barrier of it can't be done was broken. And then it happened again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And now there's probably people in this room that can. There's high schoolers that are running the mile in under four minutes. Because somebody broke through it. We need people who can challenge us, who can show us, hey, it can. I thought it was a guitar again. Every time I'm up here, that guitar falls. It was just the water. We're good. But we need people who can challenge us, who can say, this is what it can be done. You can do it. And in Hebrews, it says this, Hebrews 10, 24. It says, let us think of ways that we can motivate one another to acts of good works. We need people who can be like, no, you really can hear God's voice. And, and you can hear him better. 
and you can make it through, and you, your marriage is going to make it. It's okay to be single. You're fine. Here, you can do this. This is okay. Don't let what everybody else is doing. We need people who can challenge us spiritually and say, no, you're, you're not growing, are you? We need people in our lives. We need to plug into relationships. And I say that because it's not something that happens passively. We have to actually try. The Bible says he who has friends must first show himself friendly. Like to have a friend, you got to be friendly. That's how you make, make friends. But we need to plug in to not be passive about this. We need people who can show us, who have gone ahead of us, who are better than us, stronger than us, faster than us, further along than us, and can help us out. I love mountain biking with people that are faster than me, and I want them in front of me. Because if they can go around that turn that fast well, without crashing, then so can I. Like, I'll figure, like, let's, let's do this. doesn't matter what it is. We, we need that. We need people to challenge us. When we find ourselves in ruts, one of the greatest ways to get out of it, whether it's in your marriage, relationally, spiritually, uh, leadership, at work, whatever it is, we need to get around people who are farther along than us. We, we need to, it'll help us to grow and to stretch. Years ago, I was, I was really big into uh, rock climbing. Now, I live in Michigan, so it was, it was indoor rock climbing. But I jumped into that, and it was something I got into with my sister. It was really fun, and we, we, we did that right out of college. I, we'd rock climb all the time. And uh, I'd come from water, uh, water sports and water skiing, and so I had strong forearms. I had the forearm strength from holding onto ropes and things. And so it, I actually got decent pretty, pretty quickly. And... Uh, one time, it was actually Mark and I were at this gym climbing, and we were seeing how, how much we could climb with just our arms. And so we were going up and down this wall, and we were going back just just challenge each other and having fun. And one of the coaches, one of the guys came in, and he saw what we did, and he goes, did, did, did you just do that? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, did you go up and down? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and he looks at me and says, you've got to stop climbing with your sister. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And he's like, you need to climb with these other guys. He said, you are going to get, you're, you're better than you think you are. He's like, these guys are going to help you get so much better. And there was a couple other guys that climbed at the gym. And my sister and I, we had fun. But I did. I started climbing with them a little bit more. And oh my goodness, they were great. And the guy's doing mono, one finger, one arm pull-ups as he's climbing the wall. And he ended up, he went to national speed climbing. These guys were really, really good. And I'm like, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible. But I got a little better, not even close to what these guys could do, but I got better by being around them. Spiritually, we, need to, we, we do the same thing. I get around and I call up other pastors, I call up other leaders, I call up other dads, and I say, hey, I, I like the way that you're leading your family in this, can, can, can I take you out to lunch? And they're like, yeah, why? I'm like, I just want to ask questions. You've got, you've got some great daughters, and I've got two that I would like to be great. Um, like, let's, not that they're not great now, but when they get older, like, I, that would be great. And, and, th and they talk so much. It's hilarious. They're so much fun. The biggest, the boys, you're like, don't do it. And they either say, I want to, and go do it, or they say, N okay, and they don't. The girl's like, but, Dad, if we could, we, and then, and they bat their eyes. They're hilarious. I'm like, I need help. Like, please, please help me. So spiritually, we, we go and we find, we need to find people that can challenge us, people that are further along. And one of the tools that we use here at LifeWest are small groups. 
if you are not in a small group, they're about to start next week. They're going to kick off. It's about 12 weeks, and then they die off again. So if you get in one, you're like, hey, it was good. You maybe try it out. It's a great way to connect, to plug in with some people, to be intentional, to go out of your way and be like, all right, let's see how this is. And I know it can be weird to be like, all right, I'm just going to show up at somebody's house and say hi or, or go meet somebody I don't really know at coffee and begin to talk with them. And I'm not saying like the minute you walk into the group, begin to spill your guts. Please don't be that person. Like don't do that. Like at all. But get to know some people and maybe some of them there can challenge you. And please don't try to find a group that's all like you. Don't think you're too young or too old. Find one that's a little bit different. We need, like if I could snap my fingers, I would love an older man, woman, couple to be in every single group who can just say, I've been there. God was faithful for me. Look what he did. Yeah, that, that's just kind of a season that happens in life. That season, I've already been there. This, but, but look, there is another side. There's hope. There is joy. There's peace. Yeah, this happened here, but look what God can do. He did it for me, and he'll do it for you. We need relationships because we can do more. But it takes work. It's not an easy thing. They, they don't just fall out of the sky. But we need people who can help us to be and do all that God created us to be. And it's not going to happen super easy. But a small group would be a great place to start, to meet some people who are hungry, who are wanting to grow spiritually, and to become more of what God created them to be. We need people to rebuke us, to tell us when we're doing things wrong. Proverbs 27.9 says this, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Proverbs 27.6 says this, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Talking about, I'd rather have a friend say, hey, this is wrong and you need to fix it than somebody just say nice things but really not mean them. We need sincere friends in our life. I have three people in my life that I have asked, because here's the thing, you have to ask. I have three people that I've asked that I said, hey, if you see something in me that shouldn't be there, I'm like, please say something. Please, please say something. One of them is Jason. He was up here earlier. And I told him earlier, I'm like, you're slacking off because you hadn't said anything in a while. And there's probably been some that you should have said too. The other one is a buddy who's moved out of state. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, he's gone and he's not really a part of my my day-to-day, -day, he doesn't see me interact with my wife and kids very often. We still talk on the phone and, you know, when they visit, we, we see each other every now and then. But really, I need, I need to replace him when it comes to having somebody else. Not, not relationship like, oh, he's gone and he's not my friend anymore. But he's, he doesn't have the access. He's not a part of it to really know and to gauge where I am spiritually. To gauge how I am loving my wife and how healthy our relationship is. But it's something that we need to ask for. And the third one for me is my dad. Now, he's my dad, and he, he kind of just says things because he's, he's, he's a parent, and I, I'm, I'm his kid. But at the same time, what I've found is if I don't ask, there's still things he doesn't say. I don't know why, but he just doesn't. Maybe it's kind of his, like, evil thing, but he, he doesn't. I remember after I bought my, my first house, I was talking to him about what I was doing. He was like, well, yeah, that's a good idea, but if you would have done this, you'd have saved like $10,000 over the life of your loan. 
And then he walks away. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? Because you didn't ask. And I said, okay, right here, right now, I'm telling you, I don't know what I don't know. What I don't know to ask, I need you to tell me. And he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. He's like, what areas? I'm like, any area. He's like, okay. Are you sure? I'm like, yes. Please say something. But we need people in our lives that we invite, that we plug into, that we're intentional, and we say, okay, you have, please, you have my permission to call me out on something that you see. If you see me spiritually drifting away, I want you to call me out. If you see me talking with my friends and saying things I wouldn't say, you know, or talking down about my spouse, say something. If you see me not building up my kids, help me, help me to be a better man, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, whatever it is to say, I want to do this, to be a better leader to be a better servant of God, to be, help me to be and do all that God created me to be. We need other people. We will never be all that we were created to be all by ourselves. We never will. I'm alone. I like to do things alone. I really don't, I don't really like to ask for help. I'm, it's, it's just not me. You maybe heard the saying, if you want anything done right, do it yourself. Um, I I, I can be that way. I like to do things. I, I can usually do it, and I can usually do it better than most other people. And especially if I pay you, you'd better do it well, because if I can do it better than you and I paid you, I'm really disappointed. Like, wow, that, that didn't work too well. But at the same time, how many things can we do? We're going to run out of time. We need other people. It doesn't matter what area of life it is. We need other people who can help to build us up, and we have to go for it. We need to ask people. And as I think it's actually a really good gauge of a relationship is to ask somebody, is to just tell them, say, hey, by the way, like, it seems like you're drifting from God. The way you were talking about your wife, the way you were talking about your husband, that, I don't, I don't think they would appreciate that. Say that to your friend and see how they respond. And then you'll know how good of friends you are. And you'll know kind of like a little bit about them. Because this is what it says in Proverbs 9. It says, do not rebuke a mocker or they will hate you. Rebuke, a, rebuke the wise and they will love you. That's something that I have to remember when people, when I'm corrected. It's like, what do I want to be? If I want to be wise, then I need to be correctable. And we have to assume that posture and then go after that feedback. I want to be everything that God has for me. I want to be a better leader. I want to be all that God has. I want to know where he's leading me, where he's sending me. I want to do this. And we need other people to help us do it. And we need to ask them. And they need to re-up. We really do. Because I found that if we don't, like, have those regular times where we're together and saying, hey, how am I doing with this? That, that these invitations seem to, like, expire, where they're like, I haven't said anything in a while, so I wonder if they're still okay with me saying something. Like, I, I definitely noticed this, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to really say it or not. But we need to do this so that we can be and do all that God has for us. And we need help. We need to plug in to relationships to have people help us to make decisions. To make decisions. Proverbs 15.22 says this, plans go wrong for a lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. We're back to that success thing. It says many advisors bring success. 
I hope that everybody in here has people in their life that they're like, hey, I've got a big decision I'm about to make. Will you help me? I'm about to spend. I'm about to come into a bunch of money or about to spend a bunch of money. I just met somebody. Uh, There's this job opportunity. There's this investment opportunity. There's this whole thing. I need some help in making this decision. Because we get that deer. I know I do. I get get the tunnel vision slash deer in the headlights like this is good and where I'm going is good and I don't see anything else around me. I need other people who can come in and be like, well, what about this and this and this and don't forget that. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We need people and we need the right people. We need the right people who can come in and help. Because if you've ever had the wrong people, it's no good. It's no good. I remember... Um, I was redoing some wood floors at the house, and I decided I was going to rent some equipment, and it was a, it was a, you could rent it for 24 hours, or you could rent it like overnight, and they counted it for a four-hour rental, and it was cheaper. I'm like, oh, I'm staying up all night and renting it for four hours. I'm Dutch. Yes. So I got a friend, and I'm like, hey, will you help me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I will pay you for the night. This is what we're planning on doing. He's like, yeah, I'm in. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So I rented like four machines, and we're going to just redo all these wood floors, and I get all this sandpaper and machine. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's, we're going to sand. We're going to do this. And so we start. And we started at like 5 o'clock. Like 5.30, we got things all going. And about 9 o'clock, he comes downstairs. And he's like, I'm done. And I go, what? He goes, I'm done. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm like, we've been working for like four hours. I'm like, I rented machines so we could work all night. Like, we, we got a lot to do. And he's like, I, I, I can't make it anymore. And he, did, and he leaves. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I rented machines that no one is using. And I walk upstairs to the room that he was working on. And I look around. And right in the center of the room, there's this, there's this pile, probably like $200 in paper. And I'm like, what? What just happened? He didn't knock down any of the nails, so he'd hit a nail and it would ruin the sandpaper. So he'd just take it off and put a new one on and go over the nail again. And, and I'm like, what? What is this? And I walk into the hallway, which was already done, and there's these big gouge marks. This was 15 years ago. They're there today. I saw them last night. There's these big <laughs> gouge marks in the wood floor where he dragged a trash can across the, the sanded part and he gouged the wood. And I'm like, that was the wrong guy. That was the wrong guy. Now, the wood floor, the gouges are still there. Everything else I fixed. And it's not a big deal. But when we get, we need the right voices in our life. We need people, when I say we need to plug in, we can have the wrong people and wrong voices in our lives. You've probably heard this um, over and over and over when it comes to friends. But when we talk about relationships, John Maxwell says this, you are the sum of your relationships. Who is it that is speaking into your life? Jimmy Evans, maybe preaches on marriage, does an amazing authority on marriage, and he says this about marriage. He says, divorce is a communicable disease. He's like, who are you hanging out with? Over and over we hear about the people we're hanging out with and the relationships that we have and the impact that they have on our lives. We need the right voices in our lives. When we look at the disciples, the early church, as as we're reading through Acts, the word of God is spreading. The disciples are going out, they're sharing 
what God has done for them, the forgiveness, and what's going on, and it's, it's spreading all over. And some Gentiles had gotten saved. This is Acts 15. And then some Jews had come and said, well, since you're Christians now, um, you need to get circumcised. And they're all like, we didn't know that was part of the deal. That would be kind of a shocker, right? Hey, by the way, welcome to church. We just added something new. Um, you're like, really? Well, that's kind of what happened. And so they said, well, does, do, we, do we really need to do this? Like, do we need to follow the law? What do we need to do? And so, and so what we see happen is Paul and Barnabas go back to the early church. They go back to some of the, the apostles. And, and they ask. They said, hey, what do we need to do what needs to happen in the situation? And it's, and it's in our Bibles, Acts, Acts chapter 15, verse 28. They seek God about this, and this is the answer. They come back, and they give Paul and Barnabas, who had come from these Gentiles, and they're like, what do we need to be doing here? Because some people are telling us we do, some people don't. Like, well, what's going on? And they said, we're going to go figure this out. And this is what they say in verse 28. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you in any other way beyond the following requirements. Now, I find it interesting that they say, it seemed. Because that's not as concrete as, like, you, you would imagine. But they're like, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So Paul and Barnabas, they went and they said, we want help in making this decision. And so they went and they sought out godly advice. And the answer that was given to them is, it seemed well, and the reason why I really honed in on that word seemed is because what we find in Proverbs 14 is it says this, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And there's some things in life where it's not concrete. It's not like, hey, there's a verse for that. Here's why we do or don't. And we need the right voices to speak into our lives. So the disciples went and they found some other godly people. They said, it seems right to us and the Holy Spirit not to burden you, and this is what we're going to do. And they kind of laid out this, what needed to happen. We need godly people. Because the wrong ones, it might seem right. But in the end, it leads to death. We need the right people, godly people, people who are pursuing with a passion God. Not people who say, yeah, I'm a Christ follower but they're not. They're not living it out. We need to be around people who are seeking after God with all that they have so that they can be and do all that God has for them, no matter what it is. And I super encourage you, get in a group. They're starting next week. Um, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it won't. Maybe you'll get there the first week and you'll be like, it clicks. It's just awesome. Maybe you go and you walk in the first time and you're like, I'm never going back. That's okay. You're like, I'd go to the dentist before I'd go back to that place. Like, no, I'm not doing it. That's okay. Then go try another one. But we need relationships. And I know that for you to be and do all that God has for you, you need some great people around you. And who knows but that they are just one small group away. Becca and I have been apart. We've led and, and gone to different groups for years and years and years. And some of them are great. And others, you're like, oh, it, it, it's a little bit of work. It's, it's, it's not, not as much. But what we found through it is we connected with different couples and different families. And we kind of go back to those same couples. And when we want to do it in a group, we're like, well, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get these guys back together again? Let's, let's do this again. And we, we build relationships. And we spend time with people 
who are wanting the same thing, to grow spiritually and to be and do all that God has for us. People who want us to succeed. And honestly, that's what I want for each and every single one of you and your families. We want you to succeed at being all that God has for you. So you can be and do all that he has for you. And plugging into a small group is a vital, vital part of that. Having great relationships, not just people that will give you their opinion, but people who say, yeah, this is what seems well. I like what they said. It seemed well to us and to the Holy Spirit. We've prayed about this. This is where we're going. They went and they got godly advice. They didn't just say, yeah, we're just going to go with whatever. But we need other people, people that we can be open and honest with. James 5.16 says this, therefore confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Bible says confess your sins to God and be forgiven. Confess your sins to one another and it brings healing. Proverbs 28.13 says it this way, whoever conceals their sin doesn't prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Let me just ask, do you have people in your life that you're like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with and will you help me? We need people in our life who can help us to be, people who are there in the good times and the bad. But let me just tell you, God brought you here for more than just kicks and giggles. You have people in your life that you can be challenging, that you can help to challenge, and people who need to be challenging you. Maybe open up some doors and say, hey, if you see something, will you? And they're like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Here's what you can do. Here's some things that could really help you in your marriage, in your family, in your leadership, in what you're doing, in your outreach, in, in where you're going, in your planning. We need other people. I encourage you, find somebody with one of these stickers and ask them about their groups. Hey, what, what are you doing? And don't just look for a group that's exactly like you. Maybe find some people that are a little bit different that can challenge you in a different way. Help you to see some things that you have not seen. So that at the end of these 12 weeks that are about to start, that you, you leave and you're like, you know what? I grew in this and I'm feeling like, like we're, we're taking the right steps that we need to in this and we're changing the game plan. Maybe it's something huge, maybe it's small, but here's what I know, a small change now, am I not, you know the difference between here and here right now is nothing. But the farther I go, these lines, they, they diverge, they go farther and farther away. And I pray that you look back in 12 weeks and six weeks and 12 months and you look say, wow, there were some huge changes that happened. I didn't see the significance then, but look at the differences that we've had in our life. Maybe it's just a small group away. And here's the thing, the benefits that can come from joining a small group are so great, don't miss out just because you might go to one and think that's not for you. It's okay to go to one and be like, that's not for me, and not go back. Just let them know so they know how much food to have, because food is important. I don't know if you caught that or not. Just let them know, but it is okay. But our desire is to see you to be and do all that God has for you. The number one thing every single one of us needs is we need God. And then we need to get around some people who are going to challenge us to help us grow spiritually, to grow in every area of our life. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.